there was one guy who I went down on and like, uh, this was our first encounter, um, but I was blowing him and he at one point, like, he seemed to be enjoying it. He at one point like stopped me and he was like, I came and I had not felt anything in my mouth. And I was like, no, you didn't. (laughs) He was like, yeah, I did. (laughs) And so at that point I thought, oh, he must have hated this and somehow just wanted me to stop doing it. Hello, and welcome to Your Mileage May Vary. Your Mileage May Vary is a podcast about sex, and occasionally, if we absolutely can't help it, relationships. I am Keith. My co-host is Mike. Establish that you're here, Mike. I'm here. Great. Um, After the unmitigated success of our interview episode last week, we're going to do another Your Mileage May Vary first today. And this has for, well, years been our number one most requested thing. We finally found a real live female to come onto the show. Uh, Ali's quali- qualifications for this dubious honor are myriad, but instead of detailing those, I want to know, how does it feel to be such a barrier breaker, Ali? <laughs> I'm excited to be your first. I've listened to every episode. I've been looking forward to this. Thanks I'm for having so, me. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> so we're going to bring Ali on our usual journey today, which of course starts with our famous live watching of porn segment, and we'll follow that with a wide ranging conversation wrestling various sexual matters to the mat. But first, a tiny bit of housekeeping. Last week, we bumped our offer to $15 to anyone who writes us some meaningful feedback. You can do that at ymmvpod at gmail.com. One wonders how much we'd have to offer before we're flooded with feedback, but apparently $15 for a few minutes of time still isn't enough. Please write us. Mike needs validation. And I'm starting to question the value of the US dollar. Okay, Ali, Mike, uh, let's get this started. For our newer listeners, Here's what we're going to do. Mike has found a porn clip that he thinks is remarkable in some way. Neither Ali or I have seen this video. Actually, there's three videos here. We're going to watch and discuss. And the links to the videos themselves are in the show notes. Uh, do you want to say anything else before we do this, Mike? Um, no. I mean, they're all on a uh, common theme. So that was sort of the idea here. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll just follow along and people can grab them out of the show notes and go along with us. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm ready. Ali, are you ready? Yes. All right, I don't, so we haven't seen these. Okay, I'm gonna start in three, two, one, go. So this is from the female point of view. A man is immediately ejaculating all over the woman's hand and her tongue is sort of caressing his penis. Uh, Again and again, there's a lot of semen there. And um, yeah, I mean, she's just sort of got her tongue there and then it repeated. So let's move on to the second one. It's interesting how it's bouncing backwards like that, but okay, we'll, we'll get into this. All right. I'm going to start the next one in three, two, one, go. This is another female point of view blowjob. Okay. She's actually uh, sort of stroking the semen into her mouth and this one on her tongue. And, uh, this is the one that, uh, uh, showed this to some male friends who did not like this clip. They felt like it was repellent, uh, and it already looped. So, so that's what we had there. Okay. And now we're on the third one. All right. Three, two, one, go. This is a woman who's, it's a side view of a woman giving oral to a man and he's climaxing in her mouth <laughs> and she's clearly uh, surprised by the quantity. Uh, it already looped, but just to give you an idea, yeah, I mean, she's her eyes, I think it's acting, but she's clearly uh, receiving more than she expected. Um, I mean, more luckily, than the real, yeah. luckily no one during the actual act has this POV because it looks cartoonish (laughs) yeah like i'm not sure 
I'm not sure she is acting there, Mike. Well, okay. I mean, this is obviously a professional scene as evidenced by the makeup and the pubic hair configuration of the man. But <laughs> yeah, I think there's, I think she's genuinely getting a little bit more, like, I think she's struggling to keep it all in her mouth. Is that her goal? <laughs> I was thinking the goal was just to like continue breathing and living normally. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely breathing through her nose at this point because there's no space left in the back of her throat. Uh, it's totally occluded by semen. Uh, right. So, you, I so a, what do you think the common theme here is, Mike? Uh, semen overload, obviously. Uh, oral semen, semen overload. And I mean, the first thing, like, Keith, did you know uh, that female point of view blowjob porn existed? No, and I'm actually, especially in this second one, actually both the second and third one, are they wearing like a GoPro or like how are we getting this angle? You mean the first and second? Yeah, I mean, it looks, yeah. it, it must be some sort of camera mounted on the forehead of the, the the woman who's, you can't really see. I mean, you can see her nose and her mouth and her tongue. You, so you were actually unaware that this even existed? Yeah. This okay, now, now, Ali, I'd like to know from you, is this accurate? Is this what the female point of view is? <laughs> I mean, it, it's accurate in terms of positioning. I was aware this existed because one of my problems with porn is that I don't want to see like another woman too much. <laughs> so I prefer porn that's just dicks. Um, I guess, you know, none of them, they're not using their full like mouth or throat, right? They're staying very close to the head and like the first two and one and two licking yeah. and using their hand a lot, which I mean happens. That's accurate, but it's not the full blowjob. Um, I'm curious sure, why, I mean, why your friend thought that the second was repulsive. Like, I don't think that's repulsive. Oh, because from a male perspective, or at least his male perspective, I mean, look, Keith didn't even know this existed. Of course I did because I, um, I'm a dedicated <laughs> researcher. Yeah. A connoisseur is too, too weird, but yeah. Anyway, uh, is it, it is a little weird, but the, okay. um, yeah, the, the, the repellent ish, uh, element for a man is simply like a man doesn't want to be the tongue receiving semen on it. He wants to be the semen oh, giver. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I also, I'd imagine, I see, yes, you're of course right that that's not. Now, if the, if you did a female point of view, and I mean, I could find some like this, but most female point of view blow porn uh, is mm, with the tongue extended in this sort of format. Because otherwise, like I'd imagine that the, the female point of view is just you're looking into pubic hair. <laughs> Right. It's like not, yeah. it becomes even less interesting. Right. Right. Well, all these men are shaved. Okay, fine. They're, you're looking into somebody's sort of crotch with, you yeah. know, uh, but, but, you know, you can understand, like, I mean, there's a lot of porn that depicts men, uh, male point of view where the man wants to actually, the, the porn producer wants to show him ejaculating onto her tongue. And so in that sense, like this is pretty realistic, I think. Right. I mean, this is a thing that men, men want, right, Allie? Yeah. To, to ejaculate onto like someone's, I guess, yeah, tongue or face or lips. Sure. Okay. But the Can question I have about... is like, yeah, I, I just want to know whether this really quickly, like, does this, like, so pe they're trying to capture what a woman sees through her eyes in that moment. Is, is that, does this do a good job of that? I still think it's a little bit too far back. Although, you know, <laughs> maybe that's because you want to like have the whole head in your mouth when they I finish see. usually. Um, I mean, in terms of volume, like, I guess you said you chose these because you think it's an, an overabundance of ejaculate. Maybe the first one. 
And I also had that question Keith had of why it seems like it's flowing down yeah, the first like one, the front of his penis. I think, not... okay, I've watched this while you guys were chatting. So yeah. what's happening is she's using the underside of her tongue on the tip of his penis. And, if, and the first spurt, I think, hits the underside of the tub of the tongue and ricochets back over his head and shaft and actually makes it all the way up like onto the lower part of his abdomen. Mm-hmm. So, so she's like, shot. it is a trick shot, but like what's particularly impressive is like, it has to bounce off like a not very hard surface. Like the underside of her tongue, like absorbs a little bit. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty good velocity. The difference between these videos, simply the first two videos, simply the positioning, like grab in one gravity's pointing, you know, the guy's sitting down and the second one he's standing up. Right. Yeah, I think she also just could be using her tongue to push the semen that direction. Oh, hmm. wait a minute. I see. You're right. She's His penis is perpendicular to the ground in the first one. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, I had the impression that it was he was seated. Okay. Uh, I think he's lying down. He is lying down. Okay, this makes a lot more sense. So gravity is what's... Okay, all right. Oh, okay. okay. So that is all what's right. going on. I, I was... Okay. <laughs> so when you, I'm less impressed now. I mean, it's still... Quite a bit of volume, but but yeah, I think that one has like a you know top 75% amount of volume. I feel like the second one is a normal volume, third one you can't tell. The third video, though, do you do you ever is that an experience that you've had? Does that ring true to you? This experience where it's something it's a shockingly large amount, and you or 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 are her faces totally faked? I mean, I think I think she's acting for the camera. I have a couple of times had the experience of a lot of. Volume, and that is not as bad as viscosity. If it's too thick, that can kind of make you want to gag a little. Uh, so how? So, do, I like, mean, it, so how does that work? Like, how do you how do you know? Like, at what stage of the process is it? Spurt one, spurt three. When do you know? Like, okay, this is what I'm dealing with here. Is it immediate? <laughs> no, I would say two or three. It has to have some time to reach like the taste receptors at the back of your tongue and. Uh, <laughs> but the viscosity, I don't, I don't totally get the viscosity. Like, how do you, I mean, it seems to me like if I was drinking a milkshake, yeah, I wouldn't know the viscosity until I removed the straw from my mouth and I sort of swished it around with my tongue. Is it the same or? Oh, I mean, sometimes it's very thick. Sometimes there's not even swishing. It's like, like a glob of like snot. In your you can mouth. feel the weight or whatever. But ha- yeah. But can you yeah. De- detect that immediately or do, do you have to, I mean, it seems to me that would be something you would detect like maybe later when you try to dispose of it. Oh, so well, I mean, like, later, okay, we're talking about matters of seconds here, right? right? So, like, is it in the first 500 milliseconds or is it in the first five <laughs> seconds? Does it matter? Exactly. I would say in the first second or two. I mean, like, usually I will try to swallow, but if it's too thick and it's like, I think it's going to make me gag to swallow, then I won't. And I would know that within the first second. Okay. So, basically, what you're saying is that, like, when it's, it's probably, I'm guessing that, um, although you can correct me on this, I'm guessing that. I need to close it's, these it's, windows, by the way. They just loop and loop and loop. Yeah, there you go. I'm guessing that it's the same. It's it's sort of similar from guy to like in other words, the same guy is going to deposit something similar. But 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 so when you when you when you receive it, like there's the there this there's this odds that something like a hockey puck, instead of it being a fluid, it's something like a hockey puck is just you know, oh, you're just like, oh no, this is okay. solid. So it's it's neither that big nor that hard as a hockey puck. Um no, it's like the I from guy to guy, you're right. The the variation between guys is greater than the variation for a single guy. Hydration matters a lot. Like if it's too thick, that guy should be drinking more water. Uh, well, maybe it's been a while since he came. And like, like is thickness related to, uh, you know, unit of sperm per unit of seminal fluid? 
I don't know. What I, what I think is related to that is taste, because I've gone down on a few guys who've had vasectomies and they all tasted good. Um, the only guys who I think it taste bad, in my experience, it doesn't really correlate to diet. It's more correlated to like youth Whoa, and not having a vasectomy. So I think my hypothesis, like I have no way of testing this. So my hypothesis is that it's the actual sperm that make it taste bad. Okay. I mean, That's interesting. You have a better way of testing this than Mike and I do. Um, <laughs> we have a way. We have a way. Have a way. No, I'm not, I'm not self-testing. Well, so. I, you'd have to find a guy and like go down on him both pre and post vasectomy and see if it changed. But it would have to be a guy who tasted bad pre vasectomy. I don't know There's anyone who fits this profile. Yeah. Well, too many confounding variables. Could you there. simulate this by like, yeah, like having several orgasms in a day and like later orgasms might have less sperm? Although there might be less seminal fluid too. I'm not sure. I have no I, idea. Yeah, I don't know how number of sperm correlates with like time of day. And, and when you said age, there was something you said there because obviously the probability of having a vasectomy goes up with age. Were you saying that it tastes better when the man is older or younger? Older. So I guess I'm thinking in, in really? my experience, the guys who taste bad were both young and had not had vasectomies, which I know are correlated. I got to think that's like alcohol or diet or although I, with an older well, person, on, I would think on, maybe. I think it's yeah, mostly just, I think it's mostly just the lack of sperm. That's the dominating factor. I don't think so. I think it's going to be, I, mean, I think it's going to be um, some sort of health factor. And what I'm guessing is that- Young men Allie, are drinking too many White Claws or something? Like what's the- There's that. And also I suspect that uh, Allie's propensity to have sex with an old, an older man, I don't know how old we're talking about here, but an older man probably relate, correlates to his fitness more. So you see what I'm saying? <laughs> so the, 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 an older guy that she's willing to have sex with is probably statistically way more fit than the younger guy, right? Okay. And, and you think that makes his, his ejaculate cleaner? Yes. That would be my supposition, but Ali, you 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 uh, you don't have a preference for more fit older guys. I mean, they're not like marathoners or anything. Like they're not in the hospital, but you know, they're not Adonis's either. And to go back to the diet point, one guy uh, who did taste bad didn't drink and was a vegetarian. So I've heard both of those things are correlated to taste, but in my experience, like that can't, I guess, fully make up yeah. for it. I've heard, I mean, the thing you see all the time is pineapple juice is supposed to help. I like the idea that a vasectomy helps too. That's interesting. Uh, well, the that's, reason I don't, I'm skeptical great, of that. Though, because, I mean, why? Well, that just means that like, yeah, the, 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 the root of the problem here is the sperm. <laughs> and that's, that's a little tricky to get rid of. It is tricky because most men, when they are dating and getting, you know, sort of dating around multiple women, probably don't have vasectomies. And actually, it makes you wonder who are these men that Ali's finding that have had vasectomies? Hmm. Well, they're old. But, <laughs> yeah, but they're all, are they married? That's ah, all right. We should move on from that. I mean, they need to, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think two were, one was not. Oh, there we go. Well, okay. Yeah. Because a vasectomy usually correlates with, hey, I've had enough kids, although not always. Sometimes people decide to be child-free. Yeah, no, all of these men had children, not with me, with other people. <laughs> well, certainly, yeah, it'd be yeah, too late. I, I have like another like sort of offshoot of this conversation about semen. So we had a gentleman on last week, Eric, who uh, claims, or not claims, he says that he, I guess claims that he produces, he produced much more semen volume when he was younger. Do you notice material differences 
in volume produced between men or is it mm. like like could you rank everyone by like amount of semen or or do you like how close do you think you would actually be if you were forced to make a ranking it's more noticeable on the lower end like i couldn't tell you who i've been with who had who produced the most semen i guess that wasn't noticeable most people are either like yeah that's a normal amount or like that's very little actually there was one guy who i went down on and like uh this was our first encounter, um, but I was blowing him and he at one point, like, st- he seemed do. to be enjoying it. He at one point, like, stopped me and he was like, I came and I had not felt anything in my mouth. And I was like, no, you didn't. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I did. <laughs> and so at that point, I thought, oh, he must have hated this and somehow just wanted me to stop doing it. We so then I about this last week, the, 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 the male faking an orgasm during a blowjob is, I mean, is, is really I assume that's what he did. He maintains that he did not like this was a friend of mine. And like, I'm still in touch with him. And he, you know, he said he didn't. Uh, I, I don't you know. Still argue about it? No, not still. But I think like <laughs> every time we have lunch <laughs> together, it comes up. No, I think like a day after two days after or something, I said, like, you know, you didn't have you to say about this. Right. Well, not a sale. I was like, you didn't have to say you came if you just like wanted me to stop doing that. And he's like, no, I did. I came. And I was like, I felt nothing. (laughs) I mean, I'm relying on my tongue here, but like usually you feel something. So either he just comes minuscule amounts or like not at all. I have a question about that because wouldn't it, I would think that the, I mean, it's not just the fluid, right? I mean, you would also feel like the sort of rhythmic contractions of his penis, right? Like it's yeah. hard for me to believe that if if I had a okay, I mean, I, I got if I had a penis in my mouth, mm-hmm. I think I could tell. Now, I mean, um, like uh, last week, also our guest Eric claimed that he thought he could read us texts. And by the way, Keith, he's he's refusing to record us videos or audios so we can do our little experiment. But he said he could yeah. read a text, and we would be unable to tell which text uh, he climaxed in the middle of. In other words, he claimed he could continue reading without any. Uh, interruption whatsoever. And that, I, I mean, it's possible. But I don't believe that you could also simultaneously remove all rhythmic contractions from your penis, right? I mean, I feel like you would notice. Can I can I add some color to that? Maybe, like if you're having a not very intense orgasm, it might affect the contractions as well. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, going to go with possible. I'm going to go, uh, go with this guy's on antidepressants and can't nut. That's what I'm going with. Oh, I, that had not occurred to me, but that's possible. Yeah. I didn't feel any contractions. It didn't like when he said I came, that was a complete surprise to me. (laughs) Maybe, you know, we've discussed this sometimes, you know, women sometimes have difficulty discerning what is and is not an orgasm. Maybe this is the very rare sort of man who is unclear on what it is. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I think we've talked enough about semen load and volume, right? Yes. Um, Okay. I mean, since we have a woman on, we have to talk about the female orgasm. And <laughs> I, have a, I have a topic. I mean, this is, I mean, it's must You sound so disappointed to have to talk about it. <laughs> well, we, we, we must uh, return. We'll see, where this, we'll see where this goes. But um, okay. So this person on Reddit says, ladies, how many times can you climax in one session? I think I just hit my max with a waterproof vibrator and a hot bath. It was definitely over 10, but I lost count. I usually aim for three. Now I'm wondering if all women can have multiple like this. And okay, I want to read like the first comment here because I think it sort of, I think it's good. All right. 
This person says, probably too many times to count. What I mean by that is there's a certain point where orgasms stop feeling like separate orgasms and more like peaks of a sinus wave. She means sine. Um, so long as the stimulation is present, it just feels like having one really drawn out orgasm until my body becomes too sensitive to be stimulated any further. As good as it sounds, I personally prefer discrete orgasms. They feel much more powerful and cathartic than riding the orgasm wave. The latter feels amazing too, obviously, but it's closer to being in a pleasantly delirious state than a proper orgasm. If I had to guess why well, I'd probably say that in the latter case, the nerves quickly get fried and thus desensitized. It's a much more dull sort of pleasure than the sharpness of a singular orgasm. Okay. What happens when you orgasm, Allie? <laughs> uh, so it's much more of like the, you know, cresting and then falling. Like, I don't know what she means by riding the wave. I think when people compare an orgasm to a sneeze or something, that's what they're describing. There's a buildup. You feel like you're getting to a certain point and then there's just like something a massive, happens. Yeah, something happens. There's like a massive release. It feels very good. You can feel like your body is being flooded with like, I guess, serotonin. Um, and so in terms of can you have multiple orgasms, like if you wait a little while, like you wait a minute or something after the orgasm, you can like start masturbating or start having someone touch you again and start building up again. And sometimes that's a little bit quicker, the buildup. Um but I've never experienced that where you just feel like you're continually having one like long multi-peaked orgasm. It sounds nice. I've never had that. Do you think this person is mischaracterizing what's happening? Maybe. I mean, maybe what she's doing is more like edging where she's just like built up and then is kind of staying in that point where you're where like the buildup is very, I don't know, <laughs> you've accumulated a lot of arousal. Um and she's just like staying at that sort of plateau for a long time. I don't. I mean, is that something that women do? I mean, I know we run across questions from men. I always find it a little gross, like this notion of some man just edging for hours. <laughs> uh, is this something that 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 is appealing to women? I mean, I don't know. Like, not certainly not for hours. I mean, for a minute, maybe. I think. What could happen is if you are imagining some kind of fantasy or like reading a story or something and you feel like maybe you haven't quite gotten to the good part and you want to wait and come at the good part, you could you know, delay in that sense, like start touching less sensitive parts of you or something. Um, but wait, what's the... There's something embedded in what she just said, Keith. So, so you're telling us that you have a tendency to do this while reading some sort of erotic fiction? Yeah. Okay. And you know, uh, you know, maybe because you've already read that story before, like that it, there's going to be a good part coming or. I bet know. it's formulaic enough that. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I, I rarely, I guess, go back to stories I've read before, but you can tell because of like the way the scene is set up or, you know, <laughs> they're still kissing. Like, you yeah, know, maybe you don't want to come at that moment. Yeah. I think, I think women use erotic fiction because like the male body is just so gross. They're like that way you don't have to like if, if a woman's watching a porn, although you did say uh, at the beginning of the episode that you prefer porn that's sort of all dicks. Yeah. Um, although so that, I, I don't that's find new... the male body gross. I like the male hmm. body. I just also like written stories, I guess. But if you're reading a story, can't you like insert into it like a, a guy that you're attracted to or somebody that like 
you can you can mentally picture whoever you want, but if you have to look at it on a video, then you're sort of forced to you you just take what they give you. I mean, is that sort run, of a key difference? Run, Jeremy. <laughs> well, wow. so this is what I was talking to Keith earlier about is that like I have a lot of trouble picturing people I know like in general. Like I, I have a lot of trouble picturing a face um, of somebody I know. So I don't do that. And I think that's just particular to me. I think I have some form of like prosopagnosia where I have trouble picturing faces. Well, wouldn't so okay. So the, so what you're saying is but but reading a story then you're not picturing anything. It's just like the I'm I'm asking these questions partly because for men I think it's a little like men when I was a kid uh maybe I would read a story but that was because of just like actual access is, issues to uh mm -hmm. to something better but but for men I think it's a little confusing why somebody would want to read a story as opposed to watch a video of the same thing um there must be oh. different things about it that are arousing Yeah I guess I'm imagining the scene exactly the way that I would want it so a lot of times you know almost all the time in a fantasy or something, I imagine myself as the man, um, which Wait, I guess. Wait, what? <laughs> okay. Now we're getting somewhere. So, <laughs> uh, okay. So you're the man. Does that mean that you're thrusting the penis? Yeah. Okay. So, so, so the porns we watched at the beginning of this might've, might've sort of repelled <laughs> you as well because you're like, oh, no, I no. don't want my penis. No. I just like... Well, I mean, I, I like penises, and I also like to imagine what it would feel like to be a guy having sex. Okay. Wait, wait. What, what about that uh, do you find compelling? It um, is compelling, by the way, if you were <laughs> That is so really, good to know. Really, really, really great. <laughs> um, I guess the, the difference in sensation, the idea that, like, during sex, a lot of what I'm thinking about is, like, what the guy is doing or feeling. So that's most of what I guess I'm thinking about during sex. Huh. You're thinking about the man. Is yeah. The yeah. That's interesting. I, Keith, do you think about the woman during sex? Like, do you imagine yourself in, through the eyes of the woman or do you think about, do you understand what Ali said? Like, is there, is there some equivalent? Cause I think I do not do that. I don't either. Like I can abstractly imagine sort of considering what it would feel like to be filled up or something, but that doesn't feel compelling to me, especially by a penis. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm almost like sort of revolted by the, by the thought of it. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I, 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 uh, yeah, I mean, I've said before on this podcast that like, I have strange feelings about that sometimes where like, I, I it almost irritates me that the other person is a person, hmm. uh, which is <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, like, that's a red flag. I mean, reciprocally, oh, I will sure. say it feels <laughs> it feels good to be filled up by a penis, and I would say it feels less good to be filled up by other things. Like inserting a tampon does not feel good. Like really, you want a penis or probably nothing, <laughs> right? Well, what about? I mean, some people argue that a finger, is, because of the dexterity and the joints and stuff like that, can be a lot more compelling than a penis. You don't agree reach, with that? Reach the G spot more easily. Mm, I, it it can be good, but I would say I prefer the penis. I think the finger's like a little too thin. All right. Are you someone that requires penetration to climax or? No, no. Okay. Some people claim to. It's unclear, you know. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, all right. I mean, yeah. So, all right. <laughs> you're, you're confounded by this. 
Well, I want to, okay. I want to read another, I want to read another Reddit post here. Okay. So this person says, I'm a 21 year old female, not comfortable fantasizing about people I know. Uh, the title is literally it. Fantasizing about people I know feels wrong to me. I genuinely feel like I'm violating those individuals behind their backs. I have no guarantee that they would be comfortable with me imagining them in such exposed or intimate situations. Uh, I know that they will likely never know, and it doesn't really affect them at all. And yet the question of the and the subsequent guilt still follow me. So I feel like most of my fantasies, so if I'm not watching porn, if I'm like masturbating in the shower uh, or without visual stimulation of some kind, it's almost always focused on somebody. Is that... I thought that's how it was for everybody. Like, but if you're not picturing faces, who is it? Oh, I mean, it's mostly just anonymous people. It's it's more like I'm picturing a scenario um, than any particular person. Well, why don't you give us an example of a scenario? Uh, like... Um, like I'm like, on this podcast with these guys. And... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, sometimes they're sort of, uh, implausible, I guess. Like one would be like, I am an Amish man. And for some reason, like all of the Amish women in my community, like want to have babies and they require me to like provide them <laughs> with that. Uh, that's actually a very that's a very male fantasy. No, that's a very male fantasy. There, that's the well, right, all like the... in in the fantasy. I'm the guy, right? Like I'm the oh, no, man. Right, right. I'm, yeah, I know. It's the all all the all the all the pussies in the world suddenly only fit me. That that fantasy, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've had, I've certainly had that one, but uh, not in an Amish community. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna add that to the bank here and see if I can call upon it in a time of need. Yeah, Allie, so I'm gonna go out add- on the. I'm going to go out on oh. a limb here and say that I don't think this is that common for a woman as a fantasy. This, this, you, you, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this sort of uh, gender bending, uh, and actually, bravo to you, like coming up with a fantasy that a male, a a, a man would definitely, genuinely uh, be compelled by. I found it compelling. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not common. I mean, but also, I don't know any Amish people. Super. <laughs> Like, I'm not imagining a specific Amish person, you know, they're kind of just like faceless, like characters. It's more about how does this come about? Like, how do they tell me that this is what they need? Like, how do I fulfill this? (laughs) How do they, how do they tell you and how do you fulfill it? um, I think like during Amish meeting, like one of them pulls me aside and like lays out this plan. (laughs) Of what? Um, Of like that, I don't know, either like they're her husband died or is like away in a war or something. And she needs me to come over that night um, and fulfill like God's plan for her. <laughs> you know, It doesn't have to be super plausible. And obviously like in, in my head, I'm not I like sort this. of narrating this. I'm more just thinking about it, but. Uh, so it's, so at core, this is like a need to be desired or something. Right. Which is a very male, I mean, men being the less attractive sex, uh, often have a desire to be desired and that's what you're sort of describing there is like yeah and almost like against their better judgment you know or like against what would normally happen like they're just compelled by you know this desire and like so i mean not to psychoanalyze too much here but that's a little odd to me because (laughs) i would think no setting aside the interest in pretending you're a guy here for a second 
um, isn't like a typical female experience, like sort of the everyone desires you, like you get on the subway train and there's all these guys undressing you with their eyes, just this constant sort of male attention. And so it, it actually genuinely surprises me a little that as a woman, you would have, um, you know, have a, a fantasy like that to, to be desired in that way. Oh, well, I don't think that that's a universal female experience. I mean, you guys have both met me, like I'm not hideous, but I'm also not like somebody who fits into Keith's sort of attractiveness profile. Like I'm not a 20 year old Asian woman or something. So I don't, oh my Lord. you know, I don't experience that when I go on the subway, yeah, I don't think that people are undressing me. Right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Little do we know that Keith's actual fantasy is to be a 20 year old Asian woman. <laughs> <laughs> I can only hope. Okay. So that's interesting. So in your life, broadly speaking, and I mean, at one point in your life, you were 20, uh, you have not experienced sort of the male kind of aggressiveness, like being hit on all the time, that kind of stuff. Like you're saying that generally for whatever reason, maybe the way you dress, maybe the way you behave, so forth, you know, that just isn't something that you've experienced that much. Yeah. I mean, I've been hit on and like I've had obviously, you know, <laughs> a variety and number of sexual experiences, but no, I don't experience it as constant. Um, it's always sort of surprising to me. I mean, this goes along with like, I've never been, you know, harassed at work or anything. Like, I think I don't fall into that tier of attractiveness where men go out of their do you way. Think, do you think it's possible you're not reading situations properly? <laughs> That's definitely possible. Yeah, I'm um, with Keith on that. I, I agree. Because I think that like, uh, I think you'd be surprised the amount of male attention that, that's out there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Um, there was something we were talking about though, when I sidetracked it on her, uh, on her fantasy, when I wanted well, to drill into her, uh, literata, literatica. I mean, I wanted, I wanted to dig deeper into like discrete orgasms versus these waves. So yeah. I don't, okay. All right. Are you, Ali, are you often multi-orgasmic during sexual experiences or is it sort of a one and done thing or, or a none and done thing? <laughs> Mostly either one and done or none and done. Okay. Is it ever multiple? Or has it ever been? Um, you know, I feel like there have been a handful of times when I've had two, but it's never been like okay. ten, you know. Okay. So that feels yeah, this is completely believable to me, by the way. This is this Correct. is the experience. I feel like when I drill into these experiences with women, this is sort of what you get to is uh the none one or maybe two. Yeah. Sounds very normal to me. After the first one, what – okay, let's say this guy – look, I don't know what it is that brings you to orgasm, but let's say you were brought to orgasm by some guy jackhammering you. Uh, immediately after you She's orgasm – because that's impossible. Yeah, I, yeah, there was a – Right, that's why there. you laughed, right, Allie? Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I mean okay, I'm willing to like, go along with your scenario. Like, no, 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 don't. Right, don't go. Important. You're going to argue with him. Because Keith maybe thinks he is the issue. Keith, Keith is one of these guys who thinks that that works. And Keith, by the way, <laughs> has never had sex with a woman who didn't orgasm at least once. Interesting. At, at, least, at least five times. Um, so I've occasionally... No, that's not true. That is not true. Like, I, no, there was a thread on Reddit today about how like awful jackhammering is. Um, I've occasionally orgasmed just from like penis and vagina intercourse, but it, it's also been like a handful of times. Like maybe that has happened, you know, 10 or something times. Most of the time it's through stimulation with like my finger or his finger. Okay. And it uh, sounds to me about... like you prefer that to like say oral from the guy you you mentioned earlier, really liking the feel of the penis in you. 
Yeah. So I have almost the female version of Keith's thing, which is that I don't like guys going down on me. It feels like too vulnerable. I also feel like the tongue is not like the tongue doesn't deliver the right kind of pressure. Maybe just because I'm used to the finger, but like the tongue's too soft. I don't know. To your your finger, not his. Either or my his. finger or his. Yeah. I, those are pretty much equal. I prefer, you know, I prefer a finger. It doesn't matter if it's mine or his. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So this guy is um, flicking the bean, as they say, and you, you just had an orgasm. How long until, like, is there a female refractory period? So immediately after you come, it's very sensitive to the extent of like, yes. I don't want to be touched. It feels like ticklish, but in a bad way, you know, like mm -hmm. very, very sensitive. So I feel like yes. if that's if that's what you're saying is the refractory period, like, yeah, you have to wait. How you long know, I, does this last? Like, on, like, what's the, what's I would the say range at here? At least like 30 seconds or a minute before you would even want to start touching it again. And then like when you start touching it again, you still have to build up again. So that could take like another minute or two to build up again. Right. Okay. All right. Do so, you think so, you could have an orgasm while saying the Pledge of Allegiance without us knowing that you had an orgasm? <laughs> um, maybe. So you're able to have avoid making any involuntary sounds during sex? Yes. I mean, if I have to like consciously Jesus. choose to not make sounds, but I am capable of doing that. I think the Pledge of Allegiance would probably be fine because that's not distracting. I don't think that I could be like reading a Wikipedia page out loud or something. That would, I think that would be too distracting. And that like- The I'm Pledge looking. of Allegiance is, is not distracting because it's- It's more rote, like, like, like it's memorized. It's not in my like conscious, I don't know, memory. Yeah, again, I mean, we talked well, about this- Maybe we could have her try it. Maybe we could, Eric won't do it. So maybe we could get Allie to, to do this for us and see if we could discern. Anyway, I sidetracked us. Go on. This, 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 this new obsession of yours, Mike, is... is I just... Is I'm interested in the silent orgasms everybody's having. Yeah, I guess... I guess we're weird. I don't... It's not Did that you, I... Okay. Go ahead, yeah. It's not that I can't do one that's relatively quiet. It's that, like, I just think you'd be able to see, like, on my face or hear in my yes. breathing. Like, it's just not... Yes. Um, so, so, so the refractory period we establish is like a minute or two. Is that where we're going to? Yeah. Like 30 seconds to a minute before you would be able to stand being touched again. And then like a minute or two before you could come again from like starting to be touched again. Now, Ali, okay. you've listened to the podcast. Have you, have you heard my theory on this about, I mean, basically my view is that your experience is sort of normal. And when women claim to have no refractory period and have zillions of orgasms in a row, I'm deeply suspicious that the women don't, these women are confused about what an orgasm is. That's my deep suspicion. <laughs> yeah, that's possible. Maybe they're somehow less sensitive than I am, so they're fine with being touched throughout. Um, You're so politically correct. You should just join my team. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. All right. Hold on. But so after this refractory period, uh, it is possible to build back up to a second orgasm. But is it difficult because it's now more sensitive or it's harder to like build? Like, yeah, like what makes it more difficult the second time? Oh, I don't think it's more difficult the second time. I think it's it's easier the second time. Like, I think the buildup takes a shorter amount of time. Less foreplay is required. Yeah. I just think that after two, I mean, like, 
<laughs> you start to feel like, okay, like I'm ready to get up and take a shower. Like, I don't know. I've yeah, never felt the need to do to today. Stuff. Right. I don't want to be orgasming for an hour. Like I'm a busy person. <laughs> well, maybe this is a, a good time to bring this up. Um, so Mike, you put on our little spreadsheet here today that I claim to have beat off four times in a day. I did. Recently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a, I have an update. I have a new, I don't know. I don't know if that was a record. That was, that was definitely a, a local, a recent record. I'm sure your record was when you were 16 or something, but go on. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't even count that high. I have to use like scientific notation. Um, <laughs> Let's see. Uh, a few days ago, I don't want to specify when, um, I had I masturbated six times in a twenty-four hour period. So once at like eleven forty-five at night, and then oh, five five times the next day before eleven forty-five. And what's the what? Okay, so I mean, Ali, I thought said a really good point about like not having anything better to do, or you know, hey, I got to go do stuff. I mean, I'm assuming that you had better things to do, so we'll just give you a pass on that. But what? Was this just just to break a record, or was there like an actual need? And also, there's a thing. I mean, I'm sort of interested in Ali's take on this too. Like as a man, my experience has been that like when you get to like say number three, whether it's by yourself or, or with someone else, like it starts to like ache a little. Like it doesn't feel mm-hmm. that good. Like the blood vessels. And I'm curious about a woman's experience whether that's true too. But you know, I mean, I'm curious about your experience. Yeah, too. I mean, I was sort of going there with Ali. Well, okay, all right, Ali, I'll give you a chance to talk well, in a second. But yeah, we'll it go seems ahead. like from what you're describing, it was not five times in a row which i imagine would make no, you no, no 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 five no 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 throughout the course of the day so i mean i think my record in in throughout the course of a day is three but that would be like in the morning and then like in the afternoon and then at night uh does it start aching for you like does something get painful or raw or like is the third one like yeah like why no. is the third one not as good as the first or maybe it's not it does not start to ache um and i guess the third one is probably equally as good as the first, because uh, again, they're they're separated by periods. Okay, so of hours. Why not? Why not? Why not? You know, chop two two hours off in the in between periods of each of those and go for four. He's <laughs> <laughs> probably just has other stuff to do, or, or fourteen or whatever. Yeah, I think it doesn't it doesn't occur to me to masturbate unless I'm aroused. So I guess I would say like, just, you know, I was at work and nothing aroused me. I don't, okay. I don't know. <laughs> okay. It definitely occurs to me to masturbate when I'm not aroused. Like it's something to do when I'm, when I'm bored. Oh, okay. Uh, just to be clear, Ali, you meant that when you're at work, you're not aroused, not that you masturbate at work. No, right. That I, right. That when I was at work, nothing was arousing me or just, you know, whatever I was doing in those in-between periods, nothing was arousing. I guess if you were to like show up every hour with something arousing, like maybe I would, but. So for, I mean, this is a genuine, I think, gender difference that like the, uh, there is a thing that for a man, like it becomes uncomfortable, right? I mean, like it becomes, I'm a little surprised you were able to make it. What did you say? What your number was, Keith? Five, six? Yeah. I mean, it's really five in a, in a single sleep. Right. So that's, it does actually like, there's, there's like a, there's like part of the plumbing in there starts to hurt. Like it's not Mm -hmm. like, you've rubbed yourself raw. It's not that it's something sort of in your pelvis in there where like, I'm not sure what it is, but like, it just doesn't. And then when you actually nut orgasm, mm-hmm. I feel a little self-conscious saying the kind of, uh, weird words for that stuff in front of a woman, a lovely lady, but, uh, you bust a load, uh, <laughs> you, uh, it actually can hurt. Like it doesn't feel as good. Like this. So like yeah. a, when you get to like three or four, like you're sort of yeah. like, man, this, you feel like you're more just performing for someone on that level. 
Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't experience uh, yeah. anything like that. I think that arousal, though, is also for most women, I would assume, tied to where you are in your menstrual cycle, where your hormones are. Like, I feel like it's easier for me to get aroused right when after my period has ended. Well, oh, I don't okay. I don't actually think that's when it is. I don't know. <laughs> for me, that's not what it is. It's like the week after my period has ended is the most. I don't know. Keith is not so up on the cycle. So Keith, Wait a I minute. think it's weeks on. after Hold the period ends. Yeah. Hold on. I've read numerous times that women are at their horniest while they're ovulating or like right before they're That's ovulating. That's right. But ovulation is not when you think it is. It's like if, if, the, uh, if the new moon is menstruation, then the full moon is ovulation. I uh, mean, halfway in between. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're on the same page here. Okay, no, but she was saying I mean, it's but right. But that is the week she's after. Well, okay, all right. Let's no, she's say saying you it's in the week after. So it's yeah, like actually kind of earlier in the yeah, process. Let's, let's, yeah. let's mansplain this to each other for about 30 more seconds. <laughs> and, and then let, let, let Ali talk. So you start you start menstruating. Like five days goes by. You finish. Sometimes it's seven for some people. Sometimes it's three, whatever. All right, five days go by. And then a week after that would be 12 days since you started menstruating, which might be when you're ovulating, which corroborates what Ali said, right? You said a week after? For for about for the week right after my period stops. So correct, like starting, I guess, six days after my period ended and going to, you know, whatever, 14, 15 days okay. after that. Okay. I think we're all <laughs> I think we're all saying about <laughs> the same thing here. Okay. Right. Um Okay, wait, but here's my question. Of highest fertility. I don't know. Go on, yeah. Here's my question. Okay. So all right. So it's in like whatever the peak of your of your monthly, you know, horniness is. And you have nothing to do that day. And you've just bought like, you know, seven Gothic romance novels from the checkout aisle <laughs> at Target. And you're, you know, it's, it's the, the humidity is right. Um, how many times, like, you know, and somebody says, you know, I'm going to give you, you know, $15,000 for every incremental orgasm you have today. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, that's... How- that's like a strong incentive. <laughs> I know. That I'm trying. I, I like. I want to figure out what the upper limit is here. It's probably yeah. really high. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like. I mean, for fifteen thousand dollars, I feel like I'd try to do like five an hour. I don't know. Like, so a man couldn't do that, right? Like, there's some, you know, there's some amount after which it's just not really possible. Well, a key um, difference here though, Keith, is that she doesn't know that she can do that either. I mean, she's she said her max is three. Now, the reason you and I know that a man can't do that is let's just be honest here is because we've tried. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. Of I, some, of us, some of us have tried more recently than others, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've tried. I remember specifically in high school being like, huh, I wonder how many times I can do this. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't remember the number, but I do remember having that thought and then carrying it out. Like that was that what I, that's what I did that day. Uh, and it was, it, I'm sure, I'm sure it was a decent number. I, I, I have a feeling it beat your number, Keith, uh, your recent number. Um, yeah, okay. but I'm sure well, back then, you know, old Mike, yeah, or 17 or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I suspect that a woman would have the th- same thing. Of course you could have a woman then, th- then you get into the territory of faking, uh, and, and, and you'd probably lose a, mo- a lot of money to that because you'd wind up in some politically charged debate over whether orgasm seven was real. Right. Yeah. I mean, when they study this in a lab, I feel like they have someone in an MRI machine and they have some type of probe or something in their vagina to measure contractions. And I feel like they have, you know, a standard definition for what orgasm is 
which might not correlate perfectly with everybody's experience, but at least that's probably closest to what I yeah, Ali, think is. I think I think the issue is there are some people that contest that that's not measuring certain kinds of orgasms. Exactly. There's a people would debate whether uh, the rhythmic contractions and so forth are actually the definition. So, like, I think everyone agree would agree that those are orgasms, but there's like some other like this person riding the wave, like. <laughs> Yeah, to me, that's just like a guy that that weird guy we talked about a couple weeks ago on the <laughs> on the couch edging with his something up his butt or something. Oh God! Yeah, yeah maybe was, the problem yeah. is that that person just doesn't have additional vocabulary to describe things that feel really good but aren't in orgasms. They're just saying exactly. You know, yeah, it was exactly. orgasmic. Yeah, but it frustrates men because we like to be very specific about this because orgasm as a man is like the one of the maybe not the center of our lives, but it's one of the key centered, wouldn't you say, Keith? So Yeah, I like having them. Well, it's also like really, it's really important. So we like to sit around and like figure out what is and is not this thing that's so important to us, right? Well, no, I know, but it sounds like Ali's experience is fairly analogous to ours. It's exactly, in, in my experience, when I've talked to women uh, very frequently, you have this uh, description that sounds very, and, and like even frankly, the refractory period she described Okay, if you get to orgasm number seven, it would be different for a man. But for number two and three, it's about the same. Like, I mean, give you three minutes, five minutes, whatever. And then it would, yeah, you'd start to be able to be aroused again. You'd have to start from the beginning. Like basically every, the only thing she said that would be different for a man is I think it would take longer the second and third times. It would not be faster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, Okay, I have another question. Uh, this person on Reddit asked, is anyone else insecure of soft nipples? I'm insecure about showing them when not hard. Does this happen to others as well? Will getting piercings help with this or those fake ones? I don't know what she means by, I don't think she means breast enlargement. I think she's talking about, I don't know what the ones are. Fake piercings, like a magnetic piercing. Like, you know how you can have a magnetic earring or something. Um, oh, I get it. Yes. Sure. I think you're right. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> is this something that you've ever felt insecure about? No. Uh, <laughs> well, hers are hard as hers are hard as diamonds. <laughs> cutting glass over right. there, right? Well, my my first thought is that probably like when they're exposed to air, it's colder than being all snug in your shirt, and they're going to get hard mm-hmm. anyway. Um, is that a universal? I mean, so Ali, you can only know for yourself, and like maybe you know a choice set of friends. Um, well, Ali also has the proverbial access to the women's locker room. So she's seen probably a lot of women topless. My understanding is that women in women's locker rooms are a lot more modest than men in men's locker rooms. I've heard <laughs> this is something I have researched. Uh, it's, I've, I view it as like a incumbent upon me as a man to research it. And I've heard uh, the opposite in many cases that there are women who are just out there showing it all. I've certainly Allie, seen naked women. I've seen naked women in women's locker rooms. I would not say it's like a hundred percent of women in the locker room are like walking around naked, but maybe I don't know, half or thirty percent or something. That actually um, could be a fantasy of yours. Like you could be, you could have a fantasy <laughs> about. No, seriously, <laughs> think about this fantasy. So maybe you could try this later. Uh, so your it's the, it's the one locker room where this one guy where they want this guy to come in and have sex with all of them. Right. So they're all just waiting for him. And then you get to be the guy who like, instead of calling the police, they're like, Oh, we were waiting for you. (laughs) Instead of calling the police. (laughs) Which is definitely, which is definitely what would happen 100% of the time. If you ever try to go to a woman's locker room. Of course. 
but it's a fantasy. I will, it's a I'll fantasy. give that some thought, Mike. Yeah. Um, from what I've seen, most sure. most women, oh, yeah. their nipples do get hard when exposed. I'm not saying that's all of them. I don't remember. But I've also never looked at a woman's breasts and thought like, oh, God, her nipples are soft. I'm disgusted. Like, I don't think that's going oh, to happen. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't know what I would think. I mean, I've definitely... I mean, normally, if a girl has soft nipples, if you just like touch them a little bit, they that quickly changes. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it, yeah, it's like a state. It's not. It's it's a mutable state. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe this uh, particular lady has some problem. I mean, it could. Yeah, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that she has like lack of nerve response there or something. But it's. Yeah, it's not. It's there's like a bunch of these things that go into this category of like if a guy's complaining about that, then you got some other problems. Right. right. Yeah, like, and oh, I'm your, surprised your I'm surprised small. she went immediately to nipple piercings, which seems like something that a much more confident woman would. Yeah, that seems like a do. sledgehammer approach to. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think that would work. I think when your nipples are pierced, they kind of have to be mostly Well, hard. it definitely it it pulls them out of their home a little bit. Yeah. Um, she I mean, the only it. thing that you should be doing here is trying to figure out from her comment if her nipples are pierced, Keith. That's what I was doing. Well, I was just like immediately put my detective hat on, got out my pipe, and I was thinking to myself, now from those words. <laughs> oh, wait, me? My nipples are yeah, not yeah. pierced. No. Oh, okay. I was just, yeah, I was just parsing every word you said. I'm like, hmm, hmm. He's like, I imagine. <laughs> I imagine this. Matter. I'm like, is she, is she being cagey? I imagine this because I know for sure. Um, yeah. This person also says that when her nipples are harder, it makes her areola smaller. I had never. Is that true? Don't they sort of like bunch up? Maybe imperceptibly. Oh, yeah. A yeah. little bit. I guess it does. Yeah. A little. I think it's like I if think you imagine like a, flat, a lot. If you imagine like a flat circle of fabric and then now you're like, you know, pinching you the push something and up from up. the middle. Yeah. Yeah. That does make the diameter smaller. So sure. Yeah, I mean, even as a man, I can say that that happens to me. They, they, they. I've never measured it, but it's pretty obvious that if I'm cold, it sort of shrinks. A lot of things shrink on a man. I'm sort of looking right now, <laughs> and huh? Tell Keith, us what no. you see, Keith. <laughs> I mean, they're, they, they're, they, they, the hardness has not changed, so I can't comment on whether there's a change in diameter. You could sort of lightly blow on them or get an ice cube. Okay, I could, yeah. and do no. a time lapse video. If you were a woman, if we had Allie start everyone's here for, be a lot more compelling. Yeah, that's okay. We all agree. That's on that. next episode. I just can't imagine. Okay, so this person's sensitive about both the size of her areola and whether yeah, she's just a little bit insecure. That's that's what's going on. That's what's going on there. Um, we should move on to the next one, Keith. This next one's really good. Which one? Which which one? Do you the want to guy, do? the girl says she's about to come. I have something to say about that. Uh oh, right, yeah. Yeah, we could have brushed on this earlier, but we'll, we'll do it now. Okay. All right. PSA for guys. I mean, it's public service announcement. When a girl says she's about to come, you have to keep doing exactly what you're doing. Nothing frustrates me more than when I'm about to orgasm and the guy starts jackhammering, see, or slowing down to a stop or worse, ending penetration altogether to suck my clit. When the latter happened to me, I actually yelled at him. It's almost like they automatically think they need to stall my orgasm like we stall theirs. That's not what's going on. If that's not it, why do you guys do that? Thoughts? Okay. I have thoughts, but go ahead, Mike. Well, the thing that I, just from the description you have here of it, like in porn, 
because that's you know my primary reference point. Um, when a woman announces she's going to orgasm, it guaranteed to me means that she's not having an orgasm. Do you, Ali, ever announce in real life, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna come"? Is that a no. thing women do? No, yeah. I never have done that. Like I, if you know, if I'm moaning or something, probably that like you know, intensity Wait. of moans increases or something. But I've never Wait. said that. But do you not mention it because you've been traumatized in the past by mentioning it and have them change their behavior? <laughs> like, are you no, discouraged I... from mentioning it because you're like, no, 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 yeah, everything yeah. in secret? Yeah, yeah. Like, no, yeah, I just don't like feel stealthily... like I don't feel like there's a need to broadcast it. I mean, I know men do that, and I feel like you know, the first times that I heard that, I thought it was kind of funny. Like, dude, I will find out. Like, as soon as you come, I'll know. Well, you don't I have think... to warn me. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you but... know why they do, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not, I don't really know why they do, because like after the first encounter, you've probably established like, is it OK for you to come inside me or not? And at that point, it's like, well, why are you telling me? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no. Well, it's it's much more important. Well, OK, that's important, too. But it's usually uh, this this is going on in, in the context of oral, which often is the first sexual contact between people. And the woman isn't that excited about a surprise explosion, which you might think is impossible. But then we find out that there are people who can read the uh, Pledge of Allegiance and orgasm at the same time. And so evidently guys can just, it can just be a surprise, right? It could okay, be. So yeah. you think they're announcing it as a, as a matter of courtesy? Absolutely. And women on the sex Reddit subreddit, uh, often ask sort of, sort of say, say things about, you know, Hey, it sucks when guys don't announce it. And so I think guys are sort of trained. Look, here's the deal, Allie, like when guys masturbate, we don't like announce <laughs> to the room. Yeah. To the room. It's like just in case you all wanted to know, <laughs> here it comes. I assume we don't, Keith, you don't do that, right? I do not. No. You don't, uh, you don't, uh, you don't announce it to the paper towel trail on your, right, on your table. Right. Yeah, but, here it comes yeah. guys. Monitor one, monitor two. <laughs> uh, yeah. Embrace yourselves, bounty. Um, no, I think also, Mike, people might, and Allie, they might announce it because they're, I don't know. Yeah, they're maybe asking for permission in a way. It's a light form of dirty mm. talk too. Well, why, yeah. but, but Allie, you, it, it never occurs to you to like say something at that, like, I mean, it makes sense to me that I know from personal experience, women don't announce it, which is why I view it as like a hallmark of a fake orgasm in porn. But like it, ne it doesn't seem at all erotic to you that you would say something, or is it that you're too lost in the moment? Like, what's the deal there? Sometimes I'll say their name or say like, you know, oh God or something, but um, it's never occurred How do you to get me. Their name right? I mean, aren't you worried about getting the name wrong? No. <laughs> Keith, uh, I've done that before. She can't remember right. the face, but she can remember the name. Exactly. I got the name yeah. wrong once. It was terrible. Yeah, I'm sure that doesn't go well. No, yeah, so. I guess if if I had any question about that, I would not say the name. But usually, it's <laughs> it's someone who's like, well, uh, you start the sentence and then it ends badly. Like, what are some know. Amish Amish female names she could moan? <laughs> oh, so uh, I don't do I don't do that well. I only know male. There's like Jebediah and like what, what isn't that like the classic Amish name? <laughs> That's a man. Yeah, you I know. I don't know any. I don't know any. Um, like Mary Sue or something. Is that? Do they oh, do those Mary stretching Sue. names? <laughs> So I don't say anything when masturbating. I would only say something when I have like a partner and I want to, I don't know, say something. Have sort. you ever considered moaning your own name while with a partner? <laughs> no. <laughs> that that seems <laughs> antisocial almost. I don't know. 
Yeah, I feel like on the back of on the on the back of uh, last week getting Eric to show us some dirty talk. I should ask Ali to moan for us, but I, maybe that's a step too far. Yeah, that's well. Yes, I think <laughs> I, th- I think I, I think mean, I will answer that for her. The problem is that would just be me faking it, and as you have mentioned, like that's not as satisfying. Well, there's I'm that stuck, scene I'm in uh, in uh, what's the movie with Billy Crystal and uh, uh, Meg Ryan. When Harry met Sally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even though she's faking it, it's still mildly compelling. Okay, I think it's kind of cool when the girl says she's going to come. Now, Mike, I know you're going to, I know what you're thinking right now. You're thinking, you're thinking 100% of the time that's happened, it's because they're faking. Yes, and so is Allie, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Look, whatever. Look, I, I think uh, I think you guys just can't even like imagine like the 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 levels of of pleasure that I impart onto people. Keith has it's a preternaturally <laughs> intellectualized. He has a preternaturally high percentage of women that he has had sex with who uh, orgasm from penis and vagina stimulation alone, which is a red flag. Uh, and um, <laughs> and also Keith has a very strong he enjoy. Let's just say Keith enjoys it when people like him. Yeah. I so it's, it's possible that, that Keith is like magic. It's possible they're faking. I certainly have faked orgasms like in the past, but mostly when it's with a guy who is sort of insistent that you come or he's like, you know, I want to make you come. Like, tell me when you come or something. And you're like, right. look, it, buddy, it's not going to happen. Either we're going to like right. stop this and have a negotiation or I'm going to fake it so that you can like move on. Right. Yeah. We had a topic a few weeks ago where this guy was like, yeah, after six months, she finally like orgasm for the first time. And yeah, <laughs> that's not what happened. It was, he probably said something like, yeah, we're not going to stop until you come. And she's like, okay, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> right. She's held hostage. For guys, like uh, if you watch porn, basically uh, effectively a hundred percent of the orgasms in porn are fake. And so like even guys who think they have a great deal of knowledge about this topic from watching on the internet actually know nothing. It's really, you know, it's challenging for guys. Well, yeah. or maybe just the setup of the situation makes it very difficult for the woman. Like, it... You mean in porn or in real life? In porn, right? Like she's not oh, sure. able to. Although, although, you know, on the other hand, 100% of male orgasms you see are, are pretty obviously real. Well, sometimes uh, they have a little tube that, uh, that outputs. Yeah, they do. Apparently. Yeah. you. Yeah. Eric mentioned that last week. I didn't know that was a thing. Sometimes they have a stunt cock and that kind of stuff, but someone's having an orgasm. Now that is a job I could go for being the stunt cock. So, <laughs> yeah. I'd be good at that. That's they, actually they another like, fantasy you could have, Allie, that you're the, you're the stunt cock they call in. Right. And that's probably not. That wouldn't work for you? No, I don't know. Seems like Not a little bit. Desire. Yeah, like yeah. too too transactional. I'm I'm again at work, which we've established is not arousing. <laughs> but do they do this? Do they have like a Google car with like 17 different camera angles, uh, when, <laughs> so that they can use the same cum shot in you know different clips? Or how does that how does that go down? Who knows? Uh, do you guys have anything else you want to say? No, I'm good. No, yeah, this was fun. Okay. Yeah. Ali, thank you very much for coming on. You have been by far, well, <laughs> you, uh, 
a, a person with a vagina has been by far our most requested uh, thing. So thank you for finally obliging our legions of fans. Of course, have to keep the fans happy. Mm-hmm. So uh, that'll do it for episode 22 of Your Mileage May Vary. Uh, we are still paying $15 for feedback. I'm still begging you for it. So please send that to ymmvpod at gmail.com. As always, we appreciate you listening, and we hope to have you back for our next episode.